Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Good day. Welcome to Duchess Talk Radio. I'm John Marino, and we are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Tompkins Mayapack Bank. By Robeson Oil, the house that service built. By Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis. By Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard up and down the Hudson Valley. By Michael Abriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk. And by White Plains Hospital. We are joined by the county executive here in Dutchess, Mark Molinaro, County Executive Molinaro. Welcome back to Dutch's Talk Radio. Happy New Year. And how is Omicron doing now? Oh, well, Happy New Year to you, too. Welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be back. Thank you. Um, listen, we saw a, a, a seismic peak uh, in cases earlier on this year. There's no question. Um, you know, the good news about Omicron uh, has been uh, that it is a, a less severe uh, variant. We know that. Uh, we know it simply by the data. More people uh, were contracting and ultimately uh, positive with uh, with the virus, uh, but uh, the increases in hospitalizations and severity didn't didn't trend at the same rate, which is good news. Uh, although there are still those who have been hospitalized, and sadly, we've seen far too many lose their lives. Most individuals dealing with with multiple uh, comorbidities. Um, but again, uh, we know there are mitigation steps that work. We ask you to take them. Uh, and uh, and keep yourself safe, but uh, we've 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 seen a, a, a substantial reduction in cases over the last two weeks. Um, nearly every day of the last uh, well, of the last fourteen days has been a decline in cases. We've had one or two uh, minor upticks, but we've gone from about eighty five hundred active positive cases to now sixteen hundred, and I suspect at this rate uh, we'll be under a thousand uh, in in short order. Uh, which is, you know, it's good news, right? People are 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 not being as impacted by the virus, and and hopefully. Uh, this is in its last last legs of being a pandemic, uh, and uh, likely uh, we transition to something uh, more more akin to an endemic. Uh, and, and, and as I've said, we'll be at a point, and, and perhaps we should have been there already. I think we should have been all the, there already, but we'll be at a point of just giving people information and letting you make decisions on your own. Uh, for example, the mask mandate issued by the governor in December, you were among the first to step up and say, I'm not going to do this. I yeah. want people to be as safe as possible, but I can't stick somebody in front of a door everywhere and make sure they have a mask on. Well, there were really three points to our, to our objection. I mean, the first is the question of, of, of necessity. And, and to this date, uh, no one can argue uh, with us that, uh, listen, the, the, the cases grew uh, indistinguishably from county to county, state to state, regardless of these kinds of um, sort of broad-based, one-size-fits-all mandate. They just didn't produce an outcome that would result in two years of an emergency order. And so from perspective one, an emergency order is not something that has no defined beginning or end and doesn't have any measurement tool to tell you how it is we're going to determine whether or not we've achieved the goal. Number two, to the point of resources, we, we yes, th- this particular mandate was issued by the New York State Health Department, which means you know, the sanitarians that work at local health departments be required to uh, to enforce. There are not that many of them. And frankly, uh, they had other responsibilities uh, to do. 
and, and, and thousands of them, from uh, vaccinations, case management, to uh, testing, to the other business of, of, uh, of the health departments. The third also is, is really the, the impractical nature of the order itself. Um, if you were to walk into a, a local public library without your mask on, get your book and walk out, you don't get the fine. The library does. It makes little sense to have us issuing $1,000 fines two weeks after an incident uh, to the institution if the institution was even trying to enforce the mandate. And so none of it was practical. None of it was appropriate. And we believe ultimately uh, not, not necessary. And, and so we said so. The other is I say to people, because there are a number of folks who said, well, you should have kept your mouth shut. Well, first, that's not necessarily, well, that, that's not something I do. Uh, but secondly, it's not necessarily the, the role of government simply to to, to kind of ignore what, what can or cannot be done. But our departments get flooded with calls from people who say, you know, I saw somebody without a mask or this business needs to, be, needs to have you visit. And all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're, we're fielding all of these questions and trying to explain to people, we can't do what you want us to do. You know, we're not issuing the fine to the man who walks into the steward shop. It's, it's stewards, even if stewards was, was the one trying to enforce the mandate. We're not able to do this in real time. We have to come well after the fact. So, so the impractical nature of that, we wanted to be clear with residents up front. This is just not something we can do. Mm-hmm. I came across a story that said the Dutchess County Democratic Party posted on their Facebook page that after you objected to the mandate, they claimed that you came down with COVID and that was not the case. And they had to retract that and take that down. It, they did, although, um, you know, well, I, my, I haven't received an apology. Not that I'm looking for one. That's exactly what they did. But there's two important things here. You know, number one, um, when somebody contracts any illness, the right response from any of us is we wish you a full and speedy recovery, period, end of sentence. The second is it is not a crime and we should not be... Uh, demeaning individuals who contract COVID, uh, whether they're earnest in following uh, mitigation steps uh, or they've chosen not to. We don't want people to get sick. And, and, and wishing or applauding uh, when people get ill or sadly if they're hospitalized or, 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 or dying is, um, is entirely inappropriate. And um, uh, I think they were jumping uh, to make a political point, which ultimately was untrue. When and if I contract COVID, I will follow all the appropriate mitigation steps uh, and uh, just as I have done many times over, I would expect that uh, folks would wish me a speedy and full recovery. My first thought was they are worried that you might run for governor again. <laughs> well, they're, Seriously, they're that was my first thought. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, it was a political point that was unnecessary. It was, it was, uh, it was, it, it, it was un, 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 well, it's unnecessary and ugly. And uh, thankfully, at least it was taken care. Dutchess County Executive Mark Molinaro here on Dutchess Talk Radio, the Cup of Joe political show. I'm John Marino. Let's move over to the state budget. Let's go up a few miles to Albany. If you were a state legislator representing Dutchess County, what would you be looking for to bring home the bacon? (laughs) Well, uh, well, I'd offer three things. Uh, Number one, um, I don't think this budget does anything to restrain spending. And and because there's, we used to joke, the, the only thing more dangerous in Albany uh, than the state having too little money is the state having too much money. Uh, the state has too much money, and and there isn't a concerted or an effective effort to drive down cost, especially during a time where uh, where inflation and cost of living is dramatically higher uh, and, and 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 growing. So number one, uh, containing spending and reducing taxes and and the burden on businesses, farms, and families. Um, uh, the the second, from 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 my perspective, uh, is 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 you know, are we 
um, are, are we holding government accountable? We are not. And so from, from, uh, from everything we see, the, the budget itself really needs to be picked apart and there needs to be a clear understanding where every dollar is being dedicated. There's a lot of slush fund money in there and, and discretionary spending, not, not appropriate. The last though, and I've said this, uh, we are at, in, a, in a violence crisis. Uh, there is a state of emergency uh, that, that uh, is being felt in just about every community across the state of New York. And that is this, this growth in crime uh, in particular, gun violence, uh, but uh, but crime of all kinds. It is a result of a lot of things, yes, but it is a direct result uh, from the cashless bail discovery uh, reforms that uh, the Democrats in Albany imposed on the state. They, this is the only state in the country that does not allow a judge to have some discretion when it relates to risk of violence or risk of flight with an offender. And they strip that away uh, with cashless bail. And what's happened is they've empowered criminals, they've diminished public safety, they've undermined law enforcement, and they're re-victimizing victims. That must be priority one. The governor has the ability uh, to move on that, to, to either include it in budgetary conversation or to move on it more aggressively. There is no desire to do so. And uh, it is damaging and creating a real crisis. We've had um, uh, 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 half a dozen officers in the city of New York shot just uh, this month alone, uh, and we are seeing a, 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 an increase of crime of all kinds in all parts uh, of the state. How can executives like you, like Steve Newhouse in Orange, like new New York City Mayor Eric Adams, progress in knocking crime down as best as possible, bringing the numbers down, making people feel safe as best as possible, if Carl Hasty, if Andrea Stewart-Cousins, if Kathy Hochul don't get together and say this has to stop. We do need to change the laws that we changed just two years ago. Yeah, so we'll do what we continue to do in Duchess, which is to invest in law enforcement, provide support to police agencies all across the county, uh, give them the tools, the resources, the training necessary, invest in community policing so officers uh, can engage in the community more effectively. Uh, we'll, we'll continue our work in mental health and substance use disorder to try to, try to get to the heart of the root cause of, of some violence. Uh, and uh, we'll continue to lobby Albany. Uh, but, I, but again, absent those changes uh, in state law, uh, this is going to be a spiraling effect. And your point of even bringing him up, I mean, Mayor Eric Adams, a Democrat, uh, has, has made this point. Yes, he's, he's made other, other arguments for uh, driving down violence, but he has said, you've got to confront cashless bail. Uh, the, the, the court administration here in the state of New York told the legislature that judges need a little more discretion. And I just would tell you that what we, what we saw in Dutchess for eight years prior to cashless bail, we cut violent crime by 50% in Dutchess County. And we did that by investing in intervention, prevention, and diversion programs. All are undermined by cashless bail because an individual ordinarily committing a lower level offense may have, may have appeared before a judge. At that moment in time, we could assess for risk. We could assess for mental health disorder. We could bring them together with resources. Now we don't see that individual until they've committed their seventh or eighth or more violent crime. And then it's, it's, uh, it's so late that we may not be able to save them uh, and sadly, we've lost too many others. And there isn't a serious enough conversation about how the victims are being re-victimized uh, by cashless bail. And that's a, that's a travesty in and of itself. How about infrastructure around Duchess? Always a big question around the tri-state area, roads, bridges, and everything else involved with infrastructure. It's a lot more than that. How is infrastructure set up now in 2022? How much must that be attacked and fixed and worked on with the money gotten from the state? 
Yeah, so uh, we'd like more focus from the state. Uh, you know, I talked about this when I ran for, for governor. It's not just the, the sort of the uh, uh, routine amount of maintenance. There needs to be an investment uh, from the state and federal government in, in real infrastructure development. I'm concerned that the federal dollars and state dollars uh, aren't, aren't really being watched in any way. The last time we had a massive federal spending on infrastructure was when uh, Barack Obama was president. Uh, and most of that money uh, never found its way to the streets. Uh, and that the, and the dollars that did have taken a decade to be spent. So there isn't the oversight, there isn't the efficiency in the delivery of those dollars that needs to be. I know that's something that I'll, I'll be fighting for. Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, what Albany could do, I would I would argue there is some benefit in this this particular. The governor's proposed some increases in, in aid for for infrastructure. That's useful and helpful. Uh, we at the local level have to use those dollars effectively. Dutchess has uh, always rated very high on county highways and bridges. Uh, state roads in the county are still a little bit uh, diminished, uh, and uh, we'd like to see more dollars get to local local streets and highways. But uh, uh, we're 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 doing our level best to make the smart investments. We're hopeful. Uh, and, and certainly something I'm going to fight for uh, is is real direct oversight and efficiency in the delivery of federal and state aid and infrastructure. Otherwise, it's just printing uh, good money after that. Mm-hmm. Open space preservation, part of the overall infrastructure of Dutchess County. Now, we've seen the real estate market go up and down in New York State. How is the real estate market doing in Dutchess right now? How does it all, how does development fit in with just retaining that overall traditional historical open space look and feel about Duchess? Yeah, so we led the state in uh, in open space and farmland protection uh, with our with our open space protection plan. This year, we're, we're preserving uh, another 500 acres. We'll have, uh, in fact, uh, have preserved somewhere in the neighborhood of 8,000 acres over the course of the of our effort, which is good. We're, we're strengthening agriculture and farming. That's moving in the right direction again, growing again. Uh, and and preserving some of the uh, more rural and agricultural aspects of Dutchess. Uh, you know, most of the development projects that were on hold uh, prior to the pandemic are roaring forward, and there's a great demand uh, for both residential and commercial uh, uh, square footage uh, in and around our city and village centers. So that's, uh, you know, that's moving forward. Uh, you kind of referenced it, uh, uh, the, the, the pressure, outward pressure from New York City uh, has definitely increased uh, and enhanced the real estate market significantly. Uh, we are seeing a bit of a leveling off in the region, which is good. Uh, if you're selling, the market is great. If you're buying, uh, you're you're going to have more challenges, and and that really is a, 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 a an issue that's going to have to be confronted. And that's being, being, making sure that there's housing that is affordable to every level of income. Uh, and so, yes, I mean, listen, if you can buy a million dollar house, we want you to be able to do that. Uh, but what we're also seeing is that people who can afford more uh, expensive homes buying down. And when they buy down, they they shrink the housing stock. There's fewer and fewer of the more affordable mid-level homes that are available for those who want to buy up, right? So we have to confront that. And so our goal is, is going to continue to be to support traditional affordable housing, the subsidized work that we do, uh, but also it's to uh, work with municipalities to create uh, what, what I would refer to as a, a housing ladder, all types of housing stocks so that people at the lower end can move up, People at the higher end can move up or down, and and it doesn't create this pinch, which we have now. And the Hudson Valley is feeling it significantly. We're hoping uh, that some of the pressures is going to be relieved, uh, released soon, uh, but we need, we need more housing opportunities uh, at all income levels, from, from lower to higher uh, and everything in between. Any thoughts about running for governor, especially now again here in 2022, where there is yeah. some up here? No, I'm a candidate for Congress. That's it. I'm running, Congress, I'm running for Congress. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes, but I'm not running statewide again. <laughs> no, never statewide again. That's going to be it oh, for no. you. Never say never. <laughs> okay. Yeah. In politics, never say never, right? 
that's up to the voters. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I, listen, I've been blessed. It's up to the voters. Where they, where they want us, we should go. And by the way, what's a New York, Ian? <laughs> uh, <there's laughs> I'm no trying to figure thing. that out. I, this is, so there's a candidate in, in the north part of the state uh, uh, tweeted something about, uh, you know, he, he's going to be fighting for New Yorkians everywhere. That is a prime example of hiring somebody from outside of uh, your state who knows little about your state uh, writing a tweet that they thought would be uh, uh, funny. Uh, it yeah. is funny. <laughs> it is funny in a different way. No doubt about yes. that. Yes. Their New Yorkians are, I think, from uh, a different planet. <laughs> I think that's us, right? New Yorkians. There we go. Who knew that's what we were? Right now that's we know. Right. Mark Molinaro, <laughs> County Executive here in Duchess on Duchess Talk Radio. We thank you as always. Hope we get to talk again soon. All the best. And to you. Thank you. Thank you. Mark Molinaro here in Duchess Talk Radio, produced by Shark Creative and made possible by Tompkins Mayapack. Banked by Robeson Oil, the house that's service built, also by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard up and down the Hudson Valley. Also by Michael Ambriola, landscape design and construction of our month, they work throughout the Hudson Valley, too, and also by White Plains Hospital. Catch all of our Duchess Orange, Fairfield, Westchester, Rockland, and Putnam County Radio, talk radio programming on our YouTube channel, Shark Creative YouTube. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.